This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jurecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Time to review, gentlemen. Kyler Murray. We know he's missed the last three games, as has DeAndre Hopkins. Also missing Chase Edmonds for all but one snap and Justin Pugh for all but one possession. Yet despite those absences and also note J.J. Watt, the Cardinals went 2-1 and one and have reached the bye week 9-2, and two, the best record in all of football. How do you wrap your arms around that, Kyle? Yeah, not just two and one. Um, two of those games, they really dominated. I mean, even the scoreboard didn't necessarily show it on Sunday. Um, but it, it, this, it's amazing, again, um, how this team can adapt each week to any type of adversity and change their game plan and adjust and, and go out there and execute. And it was just an impressive win. Um, again, um, a lot of credit to Coach Kingsbury, um, but Steve Kime for uh, bringing in players that provide not just depth, but can step in and make plays and, and be a factor in helping you win games throughout this long stretch. That I mean, this is a late bye week, um, and for them to uh, go in at, at nine and two, um, this team has to be feeling good about almost every aspect of their game. Twenty-three thirteen, the final on Sunday. The Cardinals on the road win in Seattle with. Colt McCoy winning his second game in as many seasons in Seattle. And he just, again, it's it deserves to be repeated often just the number of players, the number of coaches, MJ, that this team has missed during the course of this 11-game stretch. And here they are, head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, you know, as we got closer to the, uh, the game on Sunday, you, you got more, uh, you know, reports that Kyler Murray was probably going to sit out and I think that was the plan all along just to make sure him and Hopper are healthy and get him back for the Bears game but I was I was happy for Colt because you know if people just go back to the Carolina game all of a sudden you know all that great uh job he did in San Francisco and so I was glad he got a chance to get back on the horse and what a great game plan and you knew the defense was going to step up based on what happened uh the week ago when they were getting pushed around but I just like the way that he goes under center. Um, you know, he was 10 for 11 behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then you look at from one to nine yards, he was 16 to 22 for 144 yards. And he only threw the ball down the field over 20 yards twice, and it was one for two. So I just like the way they, the game plan was and the fact that he did do some design runs. And uh, there was really no drop-off in the offense contributions on both sides of the line of scrimmage let's take you back to seattle in the arizona cardinals locker room courtesy azcardinals.com head coach cliff kingsbury hey beginning of the week we talked about how we're going to respond right going to our bye week what we said we could do best record in football which we got all right and undefeated in the division all right nice job game balls Number 86, two touchdowns. Yeah. 
All right, number 55 with two and a half sacks, Chandler Jones. And then this cat came up here last year when he was with the Giants beat Seattle, comes up here this year and beat Seattle. 80%, 35 and 44, 328, two touchdowns. All right, last one. This guy stepped up big, had some huge catches when we needed him. Number 18, AJ Green. Winning games, right? You don't ever know when your opportunity is going to get called. I appreciate you guys. I love being on this team. It's all about winning, so let's keep rolling. All right? Win on three. One, two, three. Win! The voice, uh, Colt McCoy, breaking down the team and the locker room, in case you might not have heard all four game balls. Zach Ertz, Chandler Jones, Colt McCoy, and A.J. Green, but there were others throughout that entire contest. There were contributions across the board, and we say it often, MJ, and it's been repeated by a couple of players post game as well, but that complimentary football where the offense picks up the defense, vice versa, or they feed off one another. Yeah, and that was when they were you know, on that winning streak. They were playing complimentary football football you know obviously you'd like to see Matt Prater make some of those kicks obviously when anytime you bring in a long snapper but just a week ago after that Carolina game I, I thought you know AJ Green's got to have more of an impact I think he had one catch for two years uh, and then you look at Rondell Moore he had a, he was targeted 11 times had 11 catches so um, that's what you need when you don't have DeAndre Hopkins out there and Zach Ertz uh, quietly is putting up numbers he's probably averaging four receptions a game about 45 yards he's already has three touchdowns compared to Max Williams had one so it's nice to see other guys step up but I, I really think the defense set the tone in that game there was a little concern heading into this game Kyle because on the other side is the bye week and this team is banged up they need that rest that recovery yet I think what helped is one a road game because this team continues to play very very well away from Arizona now six and zero on the road, but it's also Seattle. It's a division game, so that focus I would think is there. But I also understand the thinking that hey, let's just get through these sixty minutes and then we can come back for the final six games. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, one thing this team has done all year is get up uh, for every game. Uh, not, not always playing great football, but get up for every game. But when you're going, not only playing a division opponent on the road, but it's Seattle. I mean, that's a tough place to play. It, it's a fun stadium to play in, but it's it's tough. And the team was fully prepared. And, and you mentioned it earlier, or um, Coach Kingsbury mentioned it earlier. Um, this team is 4-0 in the division with three road wins, and I can't tell you how tough that is. And uh, we talk over and over about, you know, Cliff Kingsbury through his first couple of years seemed to do a lot of things really well, but was really learning on the job. And it seems like he has learned how to win in this division. He know comes in with a good game plan, both offensively and defensively. And, and that's, you know, as a team, those are the most important games of your season. And when you win those, those are two firsts because you win and you – you know, you knock uh, one of your division opponents out. And, you know, we've got San Francisco in the rearview mirror. Um, really, this this damages what Seattle can do for the rest of the season unless they get really hot. Um, you know, we've we've put them in the rearview mirror. So, um, you know, we just kind of keep checking all the boxes of what we, what we need to do this season and every time we get it checked. Well, here are the division records. Cardinals, you mentioned it, 4-0. The Rams, 1-2. 49ers, 1-3. Seahawks 1 and 2. At worst, the Cardinals will have tied for the best record in the division. One more win and they'll have all tiebreakers amongst any of those teams. 
outside of overall records, which obviously is where the Cardinals right now have a one in a game, one and a half game lead on the Rams, with the Cardinals at nine and two and the Rams at seven and three. But the message going into this game, here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We talked about what was in front of us uh, beginning of the week. You know, we were so disappointed after last week, but we came in, we pointed out, hey, this is what's in front of us, the best record in football and undefeated in the division going into our bye week, and any of us would have taken that and started this thing. So let's finish it. Let's get to that point. And this team responded, MJ. After the Green Bay loss, they went on the road, beat up the 49ers. After the Panthers lost, go on the road, beat up the Seahawks. And it helps that their division games after those losses, but not losing back-to-back games is telling when you have a team that hopes and we all expect, anticipate to have an extended postseason run. Yeah, I mean, you just strictly look at some of the numbers. I mean, uh, you know, they they wanted to go running back by committee, and after those two first uh, plays for the Seahawks, I'm thinking, wow, they're going to try to come out and run the football, and then Rashad Penny gets hurt. They try to bring him back in. Um, Besides, you know, Tyler Lockett, who's kind of like Cooper Cup against us, he has our number, so to speak, but D.K. Metcalf was pedestrian. Russell Wilson was pedestrian. He was airmailing balls. He was overthrowing guys, and he says he's okay. And then, you know, just defensively, um, you know, the Cardinals were able to just, you know, get pressure on them. I mean, time of possession, total plays, it was night and day. So that's been the recipe this year. And once again, once you get a lead in the fourth quarter, you can kind of dictate the flow. Yeah, the way this game started with the defense getting a turnout, with getting a uh getting the Seahawks off the field and then that extended drive with Colt McCoy finding Zach Ertz for the touchdown. That tone was set early in that contest, and the Cardinals have clinched their first winning season since 2015 when they finished 13-3. and They are the first team to nine wins, and again, two of those wins under the direction of Colt McCoy, who goes 2-1 and one as a starter. Well, to be honest, it's just my responsibility. That's how I see it. I came here to be a part of this team and this group. And when your number is called, like, that's my role. I'm proud to have won a couple of games on the road. Uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful that Kyler got one more week of rest. We got a win going into the bye week. All the bumps and bruises and Hopkins and some of the old linemen can have some time to rest and recover. And we're in a pretty good shape to move forward. You always want to leave things better than when you found them. Cardinals, when they lost Kyler Murray after that Green Bay game, 7-1. and one. They were the two seed, and they were tied with the Rams in the division. Three games later, Kyle, this team has the number one seed by themselves and a game-and-a-half lead on everyone else in the NFC West. Yeah, you really can't say enough about what Colt McCoy has done for this team and who he is as a person. I mean, to be able to show the leadership he has shown, even when he was just backing up, he wasn't getting any snaps, wasn't a part of the game plan on game day. He was a a tremendous leader in this locker room. And uh, for him to go out and really two out of the three, just, uh, I mean, to a T, execute how you win a game as a backup quarterback, to be smart, to get the ball out of your hands quickly, get the ball to your playmakers. Um, And, I mean, I think we should start calling him Kyler McCoy because Mike (laughs) talked about this early. Um, He kept the ball in his own read and got a first down. He scrambled a couple times to extend plays to work the ball down the field. Um, They even called a quarterback draw for him Mm -hmm. that got a first down. So, um, you know, he's able to do a lot of things. And, you know, one of the underrated aspects of his game is his mobility and his ability to extend plays. And um, you just can't say enough about how good – as a fan, um, as as a team, you feel about him and your opportunity to win if he's called upon. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, this guy's the real deal. I mean, he's so humble, and he appreciates what he has. And, you know, Cliff tells a story where, hey, we want to bring you in to mentor Kyler Murray, and I'm paraphrasing. He's a, no, I can still play when you need me, and he's shown that, and he's been great for Kyler. I can't emphasize it enough. Watching film where the game has slowed down, we see Kyler when he was healthy, and hopefully he'll get back for the Bears game. I think that's the plan. You know, making decisions inside the pocket, not just going through one read and improvising. So, and he, and basically, Colt was still learning the offense, but I, I think he's been great for Kyle Murray. It's a perfect backup. He doesn't have to worry about the guy trying to take his job. He knows his role. And when he's called upon, he went in and, and, and got the job done. So, it's a perfect signing. And I hope he's here for a long time. You know, I, I, I look at that guy and go, he can just be a great sponge for Kyler Murray. And clearly, Cliff really likes him, and he likes being here. So I anticipate, yes, it's a one-year deal, but I would like to see him come back and be that guy. It's not an easy role to accept. Everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to be a starter. Yet as you get older and more experienced, then all of a sudden it's, hey, I can pay it forward. And I think that's what Colt McCoy is doing here this year. Not capable of the entire season, but in spots. And hopefully it's a three-game stretch that Kyler Murray is back after the bye. In fact, that's what head coach Cliff Kingsbury said on Monday, that he is hoping that Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are both available for that game at Chicago. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Day Patch Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. When we return, the offense under Colt McCoy, able to move up and down the field against the Seahawks. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shovel pass to Ertz straight ahead. He catches it and walks in for the touchdown. Fires a deep ball right side. Jump ball caught. A.J. Green went up high and got it. Shotgun snaps to McCoy. Ball's loose on the ground. He picks it up, throws over the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown by Ertz. McCoy off play action goes over the middle. And what a catch by Green in Seattle territory and a high pass. You had A.J. Green run across the middle with the inspector gadget. Go, go, gadget. Get a ball. Snap to McCoy. He pumps right. Now he's taken down on the right side, but he gets out of there. Runs to the left. Still running. Now throws and a diving attempt, and it's caught by Ertz inside the 35 at the 34 for 15 yards. McCoy, quarterback sneak up the middle to the 15 of the 10. McCoy cuts left, and he's wrapped up and thrown down to the 8-yard line. Snap to McCoy. Give to Connor up the middle. Into the end zone. The NFL's leader in touchdowns just got another one, and that might put away the Seahawks here in Seattle. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury has been asked as far as does the playbook change and what's different with Colt McCoy at the quarterback position rather than Kyler Murray, and Kingsbury has been very adamant. Nothing changes. The entire playbook is open. Well, during that montage right there, Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley, we heard a little bit of everything under the sun as far as what the Cardinals were able to do on Sunday, beating the Seahawks on the road in Seattle, 23-13. to The offense, 413 yards of offense on 79 plays, 30 more than the Seahawks and Russell Wilson were able to get off on their side of the ball. But this offense looked very, very good, much like, Kyle, what we saw two weeks earlier 
in San Francisco, getting Colt McCoy into rhythm early, and then the offense just feeds off of him. That was not the case against the Panthers. Right, and, and I think one of the biggest things in this game was um, the first down offense, right? Getting some yardage on first down, so you're in second and third and manageable. Um, and, it, you know, what Colt did, he did a fantastic job of taking what what they were giving the Cardinals. I mean, it was a lot of, even on on third and, you know, medium to long, he was throwing a two- or three-yard pass, getting the ball in his playmaker's hands and, and letting them get to the sticks. And I can't tell you how many times that happened, either in second long and third and long, that they just get a yard past the sticks and are able to keep the chains moving. You know, it wasn't uh, an offensive day with big explosive plays, but it was efficient. It was, um, you know, there wasn't penalties that set them back. They were able to eat up a lot of clock, a lot of plays, move the ball down the field. And in particular, they had the ball for almost the entire first quarter and almost the entire fourth quarter and that's that's what you want as an offense you know we this team talked about you know that there's very few chinks in the armor of this team other than the injuries but slow starts have really you know been a problem for this team and they came out got to stop on defense and just put together an unbelievable drive to to answer that stop couldn't agree more and you look at zach Ertz. he he uh was targeted nine times he had eight catches for 88 yards two touchdowns and i didn't know this with seven first downs and three explosive plays. So you start looking at, you know, we talk about a safety net for the quarterback, and obviously Colt McCoy's been in the league long enough where he knows, you know, as long as I can make that throw over the line and down the seam. But they're moving they're moving Zach Ertz around a little bit. You don't just see him line up as strictly a tight end. You'll see him in the flat sometimes. Sometimes you'll see him in the slot. And then Rondell Moore, he had, you know, a game-high 11 targets for 51 yards. He also had three first downs, and uh, he forced three missed tackles. So that's that's a speed part, and that's eye candy. And I, I really believe when they did that shuffle pass to Zach Ertz, uh, you see Rondell Moore on the left side, and I think they thought he was going to get the ball, and all of a sudden Colt must have recognized it, and the shuffle pass, boom. So great, great play call, and then – better execution at that point yeah it was some great blocking by the offensive line to where Zerts could just literally walk into the end zone speaking of that play here's the head coach Cliff Kingsbury he owes me for that one that's an easy one yard <laughs> touchdown catch like yeah. they used to tell me in college they don't ask how they ask how many and for Ertz, it was the first of two. That one capped a 16-play, 82-yard drive. There was a 13-play, 92-yard drive in the second quarter. And then the deciding scoring drive that really sealed it for the Cardinals, a 10-play, 64-yard drive. But through it all, Colt McCoy, very efficient, 35 of 44 for 328 yards, two touchdowns. And now in two of his three starts, Kyle, he has two of the top 10 single-game completion percentages in the franchise's history. He ranks number two behind Kurt Warner with what he was able to do in San Francisco and then comes in Sunday that 79.5 ranks 10th in franchise history. Right. Part of that is, you know, game plan, get, hitting the short pass, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. But part of that is Colt McCoy. I mean, you, you again, across the league, you're starting to see backup quarterbacks have to come in games and spots and, and have to take the field. Um, he doesn't blink. I mean, he looks, he looks, if you didn't know, he looks like he's a, he's a, he was the starter for this offense the entire season. And he's very decisive, uh, gets the ball out quick, puts the ball where he needs to go. I mean, he's getting, he does a fantastic job with his pre-snap reads, uh, seeing what the defense is giving him and, and just taking it and not forcing the ball where it doesn't need to go. 
His two wins as a starting quarterback here this year are as many as he had had in his previous nine seasons combined from 2012 to 2020. But it goes back, MJ, to your retelling of Kingsbury's conversation with McCoy in the offseason. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever you need, but if called upon, I can still be effective. And it's not so much that he wasn't effective in his previous stops, but he's got more talent around him here with the Cardinals. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And we talked about him behind the line of scrimmage was 10 of 11 for 38 yards. But if you look at uh, 1 to 19 yards, he was 24 for 30, 169 yards uh, with a couple uh, with a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, again, he's the perfect backup. Um, You know, nothing against Brett Hundley. And, you know, obviously people who thought he would be the backup last year and, you know, he didn't play well in camp and so they gave it to Strebler. But this this to me is it's one of those other signings, as, as Kyle pointed. Look at all the, all the guys that contributed on Sunday. Rondell Moore, okay, Marco Wilson, James Conner, Rodney Hudson, A.J. Green. I mean, these are all new guys. These are guys that Steve brought in, whether it was a draft or in free agency. And so – uh, sky's the limit. And then the trade for Zach Ertz. I mean, yeah, listen, I, I know the Rams went out and got Beckham and, and Von Miller, but when the Cardinals made that trade, they didn't wait for the deadline, and that really brought some juice to that locker room. And now you're starting to see the upside of Zach Ertz and another guy that likes being here, and it wouldn't surprise me if they try to retain him in the offseason. The numbers, very impressive following Sunday. We mentioned the 79 offensive plays. You're able to run that many plays because you're successful on third down. The Cardinals 7 of 14 on third down. Here's Kingsbury. Yeah, I thought Cole was tremendous on third down, checking it down when it wasn't there, um, getting through his progressions and uh, extending drives, and that really kind of put us over the top. Three third downs converted on that opening drive. There was a fourth converted when A.J. Green drew that defensive pass interference penalty that set up the Cardinals' first and goal. But you're able to run these plays because and get more people involved, seven different players had at least one catch there were eight different players that were at least targeted one time but you run enough plays everyone can be contributing in a game yeah absolutely and I think you know I know Mike had talked about after the Carolina game and I I thought the same thing you know when you're missing Kyler Murray and you're missing DeAndre Hopkins everybody else doesn't need to play their best games they just need to play their game and play up to their abilities and I'm not sure you saw that from AJ Green you didn't necessarily see that from Rondell Moore in that Carolina game but you saw that in this game you saw guys playing to their abilities I mean Rondell Moore had an incredible third down conversion where he had no rights getting to those sticks there was five guys that were surrounding him and he ducked his head and got that first down and um, you know just that what he adds to this offense you know Mike was talking about that shovel pass a shovel pass should not work from the one yard line Um, but with Rondell Moore always a threat with that jet motion in the backfield uh, teams have to account for him and it takes linebackers eyes off of their keys and and what they need to do And, and you know, we talked about Ertz and his contribution, Rondell Moore. Um, you know, A.J. Green had four catches, but three of those were in, in incredibly difficult catches. He caught one over his shoulder. The second one, he had to jump and just got it on his fingertips. And the third one, he took off the turf and to show his versatility and the fact that how reliable he still is and the hands he has and the difference he can make. Um, you know, as impressive as these, you know, highlight reels are, some of these third down conversions are the story of the game. I mean, the fact that... Um, not only are you 
continuing these long drives, but you are stealing their will when they cannot get off the field. And I can tell you as a defender, when you're on the field for a long extended drive, the first time you're on the field, it ruins you for the rest of the game. I mean, you are exhausted that entire rest of the game, and that's exactly what the Cardinals did. Yeah, that opening drive, 9 minutes and 27 seconds. One other name to mention, James Conner, 26 touches for 99 yards. He had six total first downs. Again, a lot of different players contributing in this game. Here's Colt McCoy. The offensive line, I, I, I said it post-game, I just thought up front they're really good. They did a great job of giving me some time, and receivers made some really big plays, and the defense, you know, again, played great. So uh, overall it was just a great team effort, and, and I was, I'm glad that I was able to respond and step up and play and uh, come out with a win on the road in the division again, which is really hard to do. Man, he's so refreshing to hear. I mean, you just listen to him. He, he understands his role. Uh, getting back to Connor, 26 touches for 97 yards. He's six total uh, first downs, two forced missed tackles. Um, again, I I thought going into that game, yeah, obviously when you, you're playing the Panthers game and you're trailing, you, you clearly can't run the football. But uh, based on Chase coming back after the uh, Bears game, hopefully uh, he'll be eligible to return for the uh, the Rams game on Monday night. I thought, you know, with the bye week, let him be the bell cow. And, and again, total 26 touches. And his numbers look pedestrian when it comes to average per carry. It's it's when he picks up these short yardage first downs. That's the impressive thing. So throw out the average per carry because they're asking him to do short yardage stuff. And he's a bully out there. He'll run right through you. And he's able to have success because what those five men up front are doing. The offensive line, they deserve some praise as well. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. I can't say enough good things about that group. Coach Kugler, uh, Brian Atkin in that room, uh, as coaches, the rapport they've built, and it's that's the expectation. Next man in is going to play at the same level everybody else is, and they've done that so far. And so hopefully we can get some of those guys healthy and get the band back together for, for two weeks from now. Sunday marked the eighth different offensive line combination this season. Max Garcia got the starts at right guard. Sean Harlow at left guard. Justin Pugh, as Kingsbury noted, trending towards returning for that game against the Chicago Bears. But D.J. Humphreys is the lone man on that offensive line. He's steady Eddie. Everyone else, it's been not a revolving door, but different guys are coming in and out. And as Kingsbury alluded to in that soundbite, it's a credit to the coaching and to the players coming in. Absolutely. And, you know, what you don't see, because we see it with other teams we play, we see it across the league, is when a guy goes down, the guy that comes in is a complete liability. And that is not the case at all with this offensive line. I mean, they step in and and don't miss a beat. And, um, you know, to me, uh, you you know, Mike was talking about uh, these these short yardage situations. Um, One of the biggest improvements of this team is their goal-to-go situations. Like, their ability, once they get inside that five-yard line, and it's it's this offensive line, it's James Conner, it's, it's play design, but um, that is so refreshing because it was a big question mark before. Like, okay, they got it down there. Um, you know, are they going to be able to punch it in? Are we going to have to settle for a field goal? And that, you know, that's deflating. You put together a nice drive, you get all the way down the field, and then you have to settle. Um, it almost feels like it was a loss on that drive because you weren't able to punch it in. And this team does it over and over and over. And a large part of it is this O-line and the job they're doing up front because that's that's when it's tough. I mean, they're sending everybody and they're getting all the gaps filled and they're just firing out low and, and trying to get into the backfield. And this offensive line is getting movement blocking their guys, moving them into the end zone, and giving James Conner, giving this offense an opportunity to get the six instead of the three. Cardinals in the red zone, three of four by comparison. The Seahawks, one of three with two 
huge defensive stops by the Cardinals in the second quarter when the Seahawks had to kick a pair of 27-yard field goals. Those are red zone stops that were huge in that 23-13 win for the Cardinals. The Day Patch Podcast, Episode 17, premieres Wednesday featuring Sirius XM radio host Adam Shine. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Patch Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We do it every Tuesday year-round at 11 a.m. When we come back, some more love for the defense, specifically one Chandler Jones who owns the Seahawks and Russell Wilson and Lumen Field. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Back to pass goes Wilson, steps up, gets hit, fumbles the ball as he sacked at the 43. He did recover. Chandler Jones was back there for Arizona. Shotgun snap, straight drop back. Wilson in trouble, sacked by Isaiah Simmons. Back at the 36-yard line. Consecutive sacks by Jones and Simmons. Going to give to Collins on the stretch to the right. Drag down in the backfield and taken down by Chandler Jones. Wilson back to pass in trouble, hit and sacked by Chandler Jones. Back at the 30-yard line. Jones can't be blocked. Wilson back to pass. Sacked, though, by Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones. They meet at the quarterback back at the 30-yard line. Four sacks, six quarterback hits, five tackles for loss, four passes defense. The Cardinals' defense held the Seahawks to just 266 total yards, the second-best effort by that Vance Joseph defense all season long. Cardinals hold the Seahawks at just 13 points, 23-13 the final on Sunday. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Kyle Vandenbosch, and Mike Jarecki reviewing what happened on Sunday from a defensive standpoint, MJ, and just looking at the success again on the road. But the defense set the tone. We talked about that opening possession, and you heard it there from Dave Pash. Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, back-to-back sacks after the Seahawks had it first and 10 near midfield. Yeah, and you really got to go give credit to Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, but according to Pro Football Focus, seven of the unit's ten pressures came from the defensive line. Um, Chandler had four pressures, two sacks. Golden had three. Zach Allen had one. Jordan Phillips had one. Corey Peters. So that's nice where this team is wasn't getting gashed to where they were making tackles at that second level. They were keeping everything in front of them. So, yeah, and... Uh, the numbers for Chandler Jones are just remarkable Anytime he plays the Seahawks. And, of course, he got a chance to play him in the Super Bowl. So um, it, it was time. Another guy that I thought, you know, after the Carolina game, and I know he mentioned he was wished he had played against Baker Mayfield because he was holding the ball a little bit. We know Rodgers got rid of it. P.J. Walker got rid of it. So it was just a matter of time for him. And, again, it's, it's more about the pressures, hurries, and knockdowns. But he did get to the quarterback. And that, to me, that, that back-to-back set, sacks set the tone for the entire game going on that 16 play drive 84 yards i want to say and almost 10 minutes on the clock chandler jones filled up the stat sheet four tackles two sacks two tackles for loss three quarterback hits and a forced fumble but kyle the best stats out of anything that i read post sunday is this one chandler jones now has 12 and a half sacks in six career games at lumen field he is now tied for 10th all time in sacks at that venue and he is the only player in the top 10 
who never played for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm assuming he's demanding a trade right now uh, because he's a he's a surefire Hall of Famer if he ends up going to Seattle. Um, yeah, he owns them, um, and it was good to see. It was good to see him. Uh, back to Chandler Jones. I mean, he was a difference maker. I mean, his ability, that, that first sack, to get around that corner and just take a hard right turn, um, the way he can bend his body and get back there and, and really will himself to get to the quarterback. And, um, you know, not not a lot of people really understand how pass rushing works, but, I mean, when you go through these, these stretches where you don't have them, um, you begin to press, and it feels like nothing works. And then, um, for whatever reason, a, a light bulb clicks, and then, you know, everybody talks about how they come in bunches, and they truly do. And I, you can expect it's good to see him back because they're going to need him. They're going to need his pass rush ability and his ability to affect games um, down this stretch at the end of the season. You know, you mentioned earlier, I think the Cardinals only had four penalties. Maybe the Seahawks only had two penalties. But the thing is, when you when you look at Chandler Jones, there's some previous games when the opposing teams had three or four holding penalties. That doesn't show up in the box score. A delay game or when, when they were playing the Texans, they had to burn a timeout because of confusion there. And last week um, on Sunday, you had A.J. Green and Zach Ertz get uh, defensive pass interference, and that stuff doesn't show up, but it extends drives. So the little things like that, we you know, we don't doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But if you watch the game, there's other ways you can attack uh, the opposing team, and when you get pass interference like that, you get a new set of downs. Number four scoring defense, number five defense overall in terms of net yards allowed per game. We talked about Chandler Jones, two sacks. Marcus Golden has a sack. He now has double digits on the season with 10. But Chandler Jones afterwards talking about rushing against Russell Wilson with Golden on the other side. We're just hunting. And, uh, and if you ask Marcus Golden, <laughs> why are you guys laughing? That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if you ask Marcus Golden, that's his number one description of, of what we're doing. It's just hunting. He's always, hey, we're hunting, dog, we're hunting. So you hear that it kind of rubbed off on me. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the way to describe it. We're literally hunting. And unfortunately, uh, it was Russell today. And they made Russell Wilson uncomfortable in the pocket. Didn't give him a lot of time to throw, and that's why you look, and he only had 207 passing yards, and he misfired on 12 of his 26 passing attempts, and that's the recipe. You make you stop the run, make a team one-dimensional, even though it is Russell Wilson, but I still don't think, Kyle, he's all the way back from that finger surgery. No, it certainly didn't look like it. And, you know, we, this team will go through, any team will go through when you have these premier pass rushers. You'll go through stretches where you don't get sacks because other teams don't let you. I mean, it's it's their game plan. Look, we're getting the ball out um, in, in one and a half seconds, or we're keeping a tight end in, we're keeping a back end to chip. That's fine. And it, like Mike was talking about, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but that's not a winning recipe for a team to keep you know receivers in instead of going out in the routes or just going max protect every time. And, and that's what teams are going to have to do. I mean, at some point, um, they get behind and they're going to have to drop back and they're going to have to work the ball down the field. But, um, you know, Chandler and Marcus get there so quick sometimes. And, and it's not just, you know, these, these sacks where you're running around the end and, and you're getting the quarterback from behind. Um, quarterbacks have such a messy pocket and quarterbacks hate that. They hate trying to keep their eyes down the field when linemen are falling around their legs, when guys are diving at them. And that's what I love about the way Marcus Golden rushes. And, um, you know, again, being a pass rusher, getting to 
double digits, that's like the holy grail for uh, for pass rushers in this league. And for him to be there after nine games, what what an incredible statistic, what an incredible season he's having. Um, but he's just, I mean, he just wills himself to get to the quarterback so often. And it's so fun to watch because, again, we talk about it coming from so many players on this team, but his energy level just brings up the entire defense as a whole. Overall, the Cardinals, 29 sacks tied for fourth in the league. Let's go back to Sunday. Buda Baker post game with Paul Calvisi on their philosophy on attacking Russell Wilson. If you get them on second and long, we know that they're going to pass. And you get them to third down, that's when we can do our exotic pressures and, you know, have a little fun. So we focus on taking one play at a time. Once we get to third down, it was kind of party time in a sense. So those guys did a great job. Our D-line did a great job. Chan, Marcus, you know, got their sacks. You start looking at the secondary. I mean, uh, you know, Marcus uh, Wilson played 30 snaps, allowed two uh, two catches for 24 yards. Jalen Thompson allowed two catches for 28 yards. Buda Baker, he missed a couple of tackles in that game. And then Byron Murphy, he only let up one catch for six yards. Robert Alford, two catches for 40 yards. I mean, they they held DK Metcalf down. I mean, he and, and again Tyler Lockett's very similar to Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. He just has our number. But as Vance always says, we're going to go into the game and try to shut one or two down and, and not allow. But that was the only guy that really was able to move the chains uh, was Tyler Lockett, and he's been a Cardinal killer for years it seems. Yeah, Lockett four catches, 115 yards. Though the work that's put in during the week and that is why this team has been so successful more from Buda Baker on just that the work Monday through Saturday which allows for success on Sunday it's so fun to come into work each and every day the process is what's really fun you know winning games and you know Sunday that's all fun and games but the process throughout the week each guy you know they take it one step at a time one day at a time if it's monday or tuesday and we have first second down guys are doing first second down guys are meeting extra this process is so special and then on game day that's where you know we we can have fun and we got the w yeah nine w's this season for the arizona cardinals in 11 games and that Kyle, you can speak to as far as that process because it's repetitive and sometimes it can be monotonous and boring but the result on Sunday is what everyone wants, but in order to get that result, you have to go through the process Monday through Saturday. Well, in order for the process to work, I mean, obviously the process is why they're winning, but in order for the process to continue to work, it's because they're winning, right? I mean, when you, you start to drop a couple games, everybody questions the progress or process. Everybody questions the coaches' calls. Everybody questions their teammates. Like, this guy's not staying in his gap. He's taking too many risks. But the process is working, and it's fun, and they enjoy the process because they're winning, and it just keeps building like that, right? They're winning because of the process, and they continue to focus on the process because they're winning. And, um, you know, that's so refreshing to hear interview after interview. They talk about, you know, they love practice. They love showing up. They they love the process like Buddha was talking about, and, and it's apparent by the results that this team is getting. Yeah, when I say, well, he, he practices like he plays, I'm serious now. I'm going to get a chance to watch the first 20 minutes, but in training camp, I mean, this guy's flying around. He's putting his body on the line, and, and it's contagious, and there's and they compete every day offense versus defense. And so I could see them where during the week they put the work in, and on Sunday, okay, now we're going to do it against an opponent. So everyone's on the same page, and everyone's pulling the same rope, which is that's why this team is 9-2. and two. 
Episode 8 of Cardinals Folktales entitled Money Mike's Redemption, available now on the Cardinals YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. A look back at the crazy 2009 wildcard game against the Packers and the unlikely hero who sealed the overtime victory for the Cardinals. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals for all episodes of Cardinals Folktales. Going into the bye week, 9-2, and two, the Cardinals can watch everyone else this weekend. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. This is a whole new team. This is a whole new year. You guys are going to get the best of us. It's a long season. Take a shot. It's the journey. Positive energy is infectious. It's infectious, and it's going to permeate throughout the building and then permeate throughout the valley. When the expectation is that high and you don't play as well as you plan to on Sunday, it hurts. You have to be able to embrace the pressure and respond. There's no chance we weren't winning that game. I feel like I just lead by example. Connor obviously brings such a different element. Ah! Meeting the guys, being with the guys, and exceeded my expectations. We were ready to hit somebody before the game started. There's no disrespect to the other team. It's just who we are. Maybe we're just better. Really looking forward to the next episode, Cardinals Flight Plan, Ready to Rise. It premieres Wednesday on the Cardinals YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Always a great behind-the-scenes look and some interviews. General Manager Steve Kime, Marcus Golden. I'll just say that it was a unique interview setting for that one. Again, Cardinals Flight Plan, Ready to Rise premieres on Wednesday on the Cardinals YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Now typically this final segment on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, we look ahead to a matchup against an opponent on Sunday. Well, there is the bye week, so there is nothing to look forward to as far as a game involving the Cardinals. But, gentlemen, let's look at what might be affecting the Cardinals this week. And the big one is the Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Cardinals lead the Rams by a game and a half in the division. Cardinals have a one-game lead on the Packers for the number one seed. Last week we were talking about playoff seedings with Drew Stanton, and he started laughing, Kyle, because as a player, it's nothing he ever experienced or talked about in the locker room. like, this team needs to win or I want this team to win, but you're further along, uh, further away from the game than he is. Do you scoreboard watch a little bit and say, all right, I want the Packers to win or no, the Rams need to win this weekend? Always. I mean, it, it, I've been in that situation a couple times where you have some early season success and you start to look at, okay, who's our biggest threat? And when you have the type of success like the Cardinals are having, you want to build that cushion because a, as we've seen, and the Cardinals have done a tremendous job of adjusting to adversity, there is adversity ahead. These six games, something's going to happen that people are going to say, okay, this is when they, they stutter a little bit, they stumble, right? And so you always want that cushion. You And really, again, you know, just the value. And, and as a player, they won't talk about it publicly, and probably a lot of them don't pay attention to it privately either. Um, but that, that number one seed is so huge, especially with the extra week playing 17 games um, with just the extra injuries that everybody, not just the guys that miss games, but the guys that are playing through injuries, the guys that are toughing it out, you can really use that extra week at the end of the season to gear up for the playoffs, to get your body right, to get mentally focused. Um, so you, you're looking at that cushion. You're always looking, okay, how much of a lead do we have? And, and you know, in case and, and when this adversity comes and, and we stumble a little bit, are we going to be okay? 
I'm rooting for uh, the Packers um, to to get another loss because then all of a sudden they got four losses and Cardinals going to have to take care of business against the Bears and they're going to have to take care of business against the Rams. I mean, I know the Rams are gearing up for that game on Monday night. Um, but if you give the Packers another loss, and if you beat the Rams, now you're in the driver's seat. I'm looking at the Packers' remaining schedule after the Rams. Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions. They may not lose a game the rest of the season. I mean, I, I know Minnesota's in the thick of things. You don't know what you're going to get from the Ravens. Obviously, the Bears, um, you know, depending on the quarterback. So I want to see the Packers get another loss, but that means the Cardinals have to beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. Well, some other games to pay attention to. The Cowboys host the Raiders on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys 7-3. and three, And the Buccaneers are on the road at Indianapolis. The Buccaneers also 7-3. and three. You don't get that one seed. Then all of a sudden, that means you don't win your division. You drop all the way to a five seed as a wild card team. So, yeah, it's fun to scoreboard watch. It's fun to have these discussions. But at the bottom line is it you got to wait till Sunday to have everything materialize. Right. And I'm not sure this team doesn't want to play all road games throughout the playoffs <laughs> so they, they may maneuver their way so that they don't get a home game because i mean how well they play and how well they prepare and how well they travel i'm sure they probably want road games all the way through that was the bucks last year washington new orleans green bay and then they, they were able to host a super bowl in their own stadium enjoy this sunday enjoy thursday as well a happy thanksgiving from all of us here on the cardinals red sea reports and as you're watching these games votes help send your favorite cardinals players to the pro bowl visit nfl.com slash pro bowl vote today special thanks to those behind the scenes senior broadcast manager and producer jim omahundro technical director cody fincher for kyle vandenbosch mike jarecki i'm craig riolu we'll do this in one week's time coming off the bye and with the Chicago Bears looming on the schedule. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.